Well, hello everyone, welcome to episode 3, it is the ENS Baggies Broadcast. I'm your host Nathan Judah this week, replacing Luke Hatfield. I'm joined by West Brom reporter, chief reporter, the man himself, it is Mr Matthew Wilson. Matt, how's it going? Very well, thanks Nathan. How are you? Um, I'm not too bad, not too bad. Slightly um, drying off from Saturday, it was, um, it was raining cats and dogs towards the end of our little, uh, little two-shot, but we're, we're dry and ready to go. Well, yeah, just about. <laughs> And joined with him. I mean, you're you're the one who's paid to watch West Brom, but the person who has to pay to watch West Brom is the man himself. It's digital journalist and big Baggies fan. It's Andrew Turton. Andrew, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad, thank you, Nathan. Well, well, I'm struggling a little bit, yeah. but you know, I feel this may be a cathartic experience for us today. I'm trying to raise the positivity. Obviously, it's not good at the moment. It's not good. But we came out of the John Smith Stadium, me and Matt, on on Saturday, and and like. Uh, the sponsorship, we, we all needed a drink, I think, a good stiff drink after that. Um, we actually just discussed a little bit of um, of bitter and what were you like? You like a tipple or, or two from uh, away away from work, obviously, but you, you're more of a bitter man. I'm more of a lager fizzy guy, but you're, you're a bitter guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a sort of ale guy. I don't think I've had a lager for about three years. Really? Is it just just the fizziness? Is that is it not really? Yeah, it doesn't sit well on me. I just prefer ales. I, I, yeah, lager. That's more for like an eighteen-year-old's drink, isn't it? I, I suppose. Uh, well, I, th- I think I, I, I need you? something more neater at the minute. I'm, Do I'm you? Not, yeah. <laughs> to get through a ninety minutes, I'm, th- I'm definitely on the J- uh, Jack Daniels or something. I was going to say you're on the J Two O. I'm like, you need a bit more than the J Two O. You can have a couple, a couple, a couple of top shelves on the side to go with that. <laughs> Oh my goodness me, I mean, what a day at Huddersfield, absolutely incredible, um, this was a, a very important game, the crowd seemed to turn, whether it's Southampton or Huddersfield or Brighton, I think that Tony Pulis is well and truly in trouble, Matt, you were there, obviously you witnessed, you know, the 90 minutes of hell, what are your thoughts now, you've had a bit of time to digest, what, 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 are, you, what, are, you, what are your immediate thoughts? Well, my thoughts were that before the game, we were under the impression that Pulis had until Christmas to turn his form around. He was going to be given, you know, a game against every team based on what he'd done, you know, last season and in the past. I thought that was probably fair. You know, he, although they tailed off towards the end of last season, they finished in the top half, which is he delivered what he was asked to do by, by the new regime. And at times it was pretty good. It was pretty exciting as well. Um, but... That being said, the Huddersfield game couldn't have really gone much worse. Not only were they second best when Huddersfield had 11, they struggled to create when Huddersfield have, had 10. Um, they didn't score against a newly promoted side. Mm-hmm. Once again, they invited a team who were struggling for goals, just like Southampton, hadn't scored in six of their previous eight league games. Um onto them, invited them onto them, played them into form, gave them confidence while sapping their own. And once again, Pulis stuck with, you know, the midfield three, which I think the majority of people doesn't believe work, doesn't, they don't believe it works, apart from maybe the man himself, the man who has the power to change it. Um, and it was just, the, it was the fact that he hadn't learned from his previous mistakes mm-hmm. that makes me think that actually... Perhaps it has um, shortened that time that he had um, to save his job. So, Turds, obviously, you're you know you're in the pub, you're, you're with all your fans, and uh, what what are the thoughts in and around you? 
I've got a lot of fans, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, the supporters, I think, around me are just facing so much frustration at the minute. We're sitting in the uh, in the pub, and, I, and honestly, we, whether it's it's looking at the performance itself, whether it's looking at the side that's been picked, or even, from my opinion, was the attitude of some of the players uh, this weekend. I felt that, you know, it's all coming together with a bit of a perfect storm for, for Tony Pulis at the minute. Um we seem such a reactive side uh, these days. Um, we rarely start the game on the front foot. Uh, we rarely seem to sort of um, uh, want to dictate the play. I know we've never been a, position, a possession-based team under Pulis, but you know we, we don't seem in a in a game like Huddersfield where you would have thought that it was the impetus was on us to try and sort of you know give a side that were similar to us in the table. You know we're the established Premier League club. We should have been trying to take that forward, but yet. I saw, uh, you know, a team that only wanted to sort of really turn up right at the end of the game, and you know, you can see the frustrations from the fans uh, who were sitting there and paying the long, paying and, and going up to see, you know, that sort of performance. You know, I, I didn't see enough from the senior players taking the game by the scruff of the neck and and trying to take, you know, commanding it right from the from the word go. You know, you've got an England international in in Livermore who. For me, has been a little bit missing in action over the last few weeks. Um, even Johnny Evans, uh, whether his, his head was turned a little bit too much in the summer during all the transfer speculation. But for me, even though he came out after the game and, and thanked the fans for their support and, and for clapping the players off, for me, he, you know, he, he, some of the passing was a little wayward, and it, I don't know. He just hasn't seemed like the, the same player for me, mm-hmm. uh, especially since the transfer window and. We've got these young play- these other players that have come in, such as Gibbs, Krakowiak, uh, Barry. Whether they're frustrated themselves at the, f- at the, at the way the team's set up, well, I don't know. Well, Krakowiak does look like he is frustrated. I think mm-hmm. there's, the amount of times I saw on Saturday, but not just on Saturday, in the games before, he's showing for the ball in the midfield area. And he just wants the, the defender who's got the ball. It was a, a lot of the time at Huddersfield, it was McCauley. Mm-hmm. Just give me the ball, just pass me. Trust trust in me. Yeah. But the, the defenders don't seem to have that trust in their midfield players. Now, whether mm-hmm. that's a byproduct of previous seasons under Pulis, whether they did just clip it long, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Krakowiak's there, he's showing for it. Mm-hmm. And then when he doesn't get the ball, he's visibly frustrated. Mm-hmm. And he, he knows he's a good enough player to receive that ball. On the half turn, get Albion going. Mm-hmm. I do must say though, Krakowiak to me, he's not been the, the fantastic player that we all thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Although he, he keeps the ball nice and tidy, he, he's not making that penetrative pass that or that um, that sort of that little bit of spark or creation that, that you want from a, from your central midfield player. I do have some sympathy for him because I think he's a holding midfielder rather than a, a creative midfielder. So for me, it, the, the issue lies in the formation and selection, and the fact that there's a massive gap there. I think behind the front two, mm-hmm. and in front of the front, in front of the midfield three, where's the number ten? Mm-hmm. You know, you're asking Krakowiak and Barry to do that job. That's not what they're good at. They're not going to do that. No, uh, it's the, it is. That's the key point we're at at the moment. That it's such a hole in there, and uh, and playing Canu and and Rodriguez up front. Okay, you could say that's that's you know giving us more impetus in the final third. But if you've not got the players to to create the chances for them, you know you've got Brunt sitting on the bench, Matt Phillips not involved virtually. You know you've just taken such a big uh, big part of the side out for me. A few of the ex players uh, have suggested, well, why not play Chris Brunt maybe in that role? He's a he's an experienced player who's good on the ball, good in possession, can pick a pass, and he's and he's played in midfield, but central midfield before. It's a bit strange to think of him as a number ten, but 
you just need somebody up there who's willing to hold the ball and can then play you know, that little slip through to Rodriguez to get him away. Because mm-hmm. at the moment, all they're doing, and I saw it a lot on Saturday, McCauley doesn't know, McCauley or, or, or if whoever it is who's got the ball at the back, they're unsure about what to do, so they either clip it down the channels for Rodriguez and Robson Cano to, to battle, and every every it seems like every pass is a battle rather mm-hmm. than you know a sweeping move up the pitch, or they just shuttle it out to Gibbs and Neom who are overworked on the wings. Three central defensive midfielders, Livermore, Barry, Krakowiak. Is there an argument, if West Brom are going to play a bit more expansive or what they should have been doing before, is to only, there's only room for one of them in the side, not, not two or three? Absolutely, yeah. I think if you were, if you were uh, you know, a progressive coach or, or an ambitious coach and you thought, OK, Huddersfield, they haven't scored in six of the last eight, they're here for the taking, let's really go for it. Okay, why don't we play just Livermore holding or just Krakowiak holding and then we'll put ahead of him Chadley and Morrison. Morrison's injured. Okay, Chadley and Brunt. Mm-hmm. Put them ahead of him, get them up the pitch, really go for it. Play a 4-1-4-1, you know, get some pace on the wings, get get Phillips on the wings or something like that and actually, you know, go for it. Rather yeah. than, for me, on, on the weekend, they had eight defensive, mid- eight defensive players mm-hmm. and there was a big gap between that eight and the front two. Do you think Livermore could be moved further up? Is he? Are we seeing the box-to-box qualities that I thought that he was going to bring to us when he when he first came and what he seemed to show when he when he was first here? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, he he was a bit better on Saturday, I thought. Um, although I did think he he could have closed down the Van the Power better for the goal. Mm. Um, I think well, that's what Pulis wants to do. He, he's put he's put Livermore as a holding midfielder. He's sort of got Krakowiak to be that box-to-box man. I think last season there was a feeling that. Things are going really well, but we want a dynamic box-to-box presence to replace Jakob, who who can't do that. He is a mm. destroyer. That's mm. all he can do. He's flipping good at it, yeah. but that's all he can do. Mm-hmm. So we need somebody to be that box-to-box guy. And that's, I think, where Pulis is trying to evolve the, the, the style. But actually, by doing that, what he's done is created this gap in in the number 10 role where Morrison was playing last, last season. And, and if you look at the stats, when Morrison started, Albion was so much better than when he didn't. And he's not, he's not an all-singing, all-dancing midfielder who scores lots of goals, although he did get five last season. But he just keeps the ball mm. in that advanced position, puts the opposition under pressure, gives them something to think about. At the moment, they're not doing that, are they? They're not. Now, um, before we move on to our next little segment, um, which is called Fill in the Blank, Ooh. Fill in the Blank, um, I've got an early quiz for you guys. That's because you've got time to develop and to find your answers. Because at the end of this Broadcast will have um, a bit of a punishment on offer, so you don't want to get too many wrong. So, Matt and Turtz, over the next half an hour, I want Turtz, I want you. My head is in my hands already. Okay, you to find the top six, top six highest transfer fees paid by West Bromwich Albion. Okay. Top six players. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and Mr. Is this without Google? Yes, this is without... No search engines going on here. I want no messing about with... No no cheating. I know you've got a little bit of a record when it comes to cheating. I was going (laughs) to... Warsaw debacle uh, that that is remembered over a few few years ago. I was going to ask Jeeves, yeah. Yeah, no no asking Jeeves. Ask Matt. Matt, 
Um, top six highest transfer fees received for West Brom. So it's one to keep you going, one to keep you feeling. We don't need to stop and pause, but when you get a little bit of a, a moment or two, you know, gather your thoughts and maybe write a couple of names down. Okay, fill in the blank. So I've got some questions. I'm going to go back and forth with you guys, see if you, the answers are the same, see if it's different. I might have a little one-minute chat about them. Okay, here we go. Number one, fill in the blank. Tony Pulis has blank games to save his job, Matt Wilson. Three or four? No, 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 no. There's one or four. <laughs> no, no, messing about it. There's no three or four. There's no four to seven spread. It's how well, it depends. It depends on what happens in those games. Okay, yeah. So if they lose four nil to Chelsea and four nil to Spurs, then he's got. Then it will be the Newcastle game, make or break. But if they draw with Chelsea, and you know lose to Spurs one. 2-1 or 3-2 and they put up a good performance it won't be so it depends on the performances so what do you want me to say? I want to say that you've got a job in politics after this isn't <laughs> um, um, uh, Tony Pulis has blank games to save his job five five games five. to save his job yeah. five games to save his job so yeah. Chelsea Spurs do you think he's going to get the three yeah. winnable games do you yeah. think? I think you've got Palace and Swansea then coming up after that mm-hmm. Those huge, huge, huge games. Yeah. You can't do anything in that. Bye-bye, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, number two. Um, West Brom's... And we'll start with you, Turks, this time. West Brom's best defensive midfielder is blank. Jakob. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes. Just because if you want, like Matt called him, the destroyer. Yeah. The number one. The one who you can't, you know, get him involved in other formats of play. Mm-hmm. If you just want someone there to protect the back four, mm-hmm. put Jakob in. You've arguably got your more skillful guys in Barry, Krakowia, let them off the leash a little mm-hmm. bit. But for me, if you just want someone who's going to hold, uh, make the tackles, most some of the time illegally... Uh, put Jakob wow Matt that's a that's an interesting answer mm. um, I, I would say that players tend to get better when they're not in the side yes. don't they, yes, they do. <laughs> I mean this season I've been calling for Chadley to be in the team yeah. f- from pretty much the start of the season yeah. he came in and he did not look yeah. good <laughs> and I, I thought he, I thought fair play from um, I thought he was rightly dropped to the Man City game mm-hmm. as well so I, I do I do say that players tend to get better although I do think Jakob has, has done well my answer would be Krakowiak, Krakowiak I think Krakowiak. if he was played in that holding midfield role with a couple of attacking midfielders ahead of him, he would look I tell you what, cut above. I wonder what he'll be thinking if he does drop to the bench next Paris Saint-Germain and then big money move, £30 million target on the bench for the baggies struggling at the bottom of the Premier League. You'd be like, oh, where's, where's my next holiday? Isn't he? <laughs> well, he has been uh, he has been bought off in the last couple of games, yeah. subbed off. So, yeah, it's not been the uh, the fantastic sign that um, we all hoped it would be. Matt, West Brom will spend blank million pounds in January. Um, zero. Okay, really. I mean, they're 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 at the limit of their financial fair play. Mm-hmm. So that would it would require uh, it would require them to sell some players. Now that might happen because there are a few there are a few players who are, who are sitting on the bench and not getting a sniff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the likes of um, Brunt, you know, Morrison, Jacob. They could leave, so they could spend a you know. On that, but it, it depends on outgoings. I think uh, it depends if the big money move for uh, Mr. Solomon Rondon <laughs> comes in from uh, from China. Yeah. If there was some sort of ludicrous twenty, thirty million pound bid comes in, 
then uh, that's your pot to uh, Wish they would you. snap the, their hands off at the moment, would they? I mean, if it was this time last well, year. Well, Goy can't they, get yeah. in the team, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I can't see it. And maybe I think it'll be back to the glory date of sniffing around the loan market. At uh, 11.59. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent news. Okay, um, Turts, um, blank is the position that needs strengthening the most. At the moment, I'd say attacking midfield, just because if you've got Morrison, who is in and out the side, unable to really get himself fit at the moment, Chadley has shown this season, the last couple of games that he made, hasn't been at the races for me. So if you can offload Chadley, then maybe you've got some money then to invest in someone. But who you pick, I don't know. Matt? Striker. Yeah. I still think they need a goal scorer. I still, I think I, I like Jay Rodriguez. Um, I think he's a good finisher, and I think if he was played near the goal a bit more, he 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 can get double figures. But um, I would like to see a uh, another striker up there with him. Matt West Brom need to sell blank. Uh, what a player! Mm-hmm. Um, oh, flipping heck! Uh, <laughs> that is a, you, you put me on the spot. Head in the hands. Yeah, all the squad listen to this uh, as well. Just to let you know. The squad. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who do they need to sell? Oh God! Who would you sell? Who would you sell? One player to sell. Who would you sell? I wouldn't sell any of them really. Um, West Brom need to sell blank. I'm sure there's a two thousand people listening in. Yeah. Shouting out saying who they would like to sell. Go on. Go on. Rondon. Rondon. Chadley for me. Chadley, oh, yeah. Chadley. Crap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say crap on this, it's fine. It's no problem. That's, that's can, I okay. my, can I change my answer? <laughs> I was just waiting on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, get me in, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, not, not seen enough. Not, not seen enough. Not, not interested enough. And, uh, you know, maybe it would leave you a little bit uh, light, but hopefully you'd be, bring someone in. Mm. Anyone, please. Okay. Uh, Turts, uh, the last one. And fill in the blank. The Baggies will finish blank in the Premiership this season. At the moment, 15th. I think there's teams that are poorer than us below. Um, Palace, for example. Uh, And I just think we probably will stay up just. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, tight. Matt? 14th. 14th, yeah. Both in... So, 14th, 15th, are we thinking... Nervy times, relegation kind of battle or murmurings, but but just just to just get the heads above water in the end. I think there will be a period in the season when it becomes a genuine concern. Um, you know, February, March, maybe maybe mm-hmm. January. But then I think they will probably lift themselves out of it, and I don't think it's going to be one of those when you're looking at it in April or May worried about it. I think they've just about got the experience in the side, good senior players that hopefully would pull it round and just see you over the finish line. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you very much, boys. Enjoyed that little segment, mini segment. Okay, so let's talk about the man of the moment because it's it's the man who's on everybody's lips, and that is Mr. Tony Pulis. Um, 80 to 1, 80 to 1 two weeks ago to be the next manager to leave his post. He's now into 4 to 1. Yeah, um, but Billich has just gone. Yeah, there's uh, 4 to 1 now, <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, he was 8 to 1 before Billich, so it's not changed too much, but it was 80 to 1. So um, I think he was 6 to 1, actually, I think I tweeted yesterday. This is before Billich had gone, but he's into 4 to 1 now. Um, only Paul Clement and, and Sean Dyche are, uh, are ahead of him in the next manager to leave their post. Right. That's why I leave. I'm not going to sack. They're not going to sack Dyche. But, but he's the next. He's the next up. Um, I put. I put the question to you. If they do sack him, or if he does leave, 
Who who can come in and replace him? Like, what's what, what do you do? Is there anyone better than Pulis? And that well, there are people better than Pulis. Megson. <laughs> <laughs> but there, but that's the question, isn't it? And this is this is the thing that the board will take into account now. Sparkling water. That was a uh, yeah. That, that hiss was a sparkling water that Nathan's just opened. And, and the booze and hisses from the rest of the baggies yeah. as well. But yeah, go on. Um, that's the question, isn't it? Because if you're going to make this 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 decision, then you have to back it up with the right appointment. Because there's no point doing it if what what you bring in is inferior. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Pulis is on a terrible run at the moment, and I know that the football that he plays is not well liked by the fans. But he has a proven track record of being a good, stable head coach. He's he has. I know his comments after the game where he said, "I have improved this club," got roundly criticised by the fans. But he has when he took over. I know the results aren't. I know the results aren't as good as they were when he took over, but the club is in a better position. The players are better. The squad is stronger. The club itself is more stable. But he said this before. He he said it before, and I think that's his go-to defense mechanism. He says this. He says about injuries. He says about Aston Villa oh, down the road. Be careful what you wish for. It's get, been heard before. Don't get me wrong. I think there's there's plenty of things that he said which should be scrutinized and criticized. The injuries one definitely. And all that harking, harking about other clubs, I agree. That's irrelevant for me. It doesn't matter what other clubs are doing. You know, look at Coventry City. Mm-hmm. You could compare yourself to Coventry City yeah. if you wanted to, but that's yeah. ridiculous. So, I agree with that. I just think that he has, mm-hmm. he, he has improved the club. Now, the question is, has he taken them as far as he could? And the, I think the issue for the fans is that what has happened, they all saw this coming. He's got a good squad now at his disposal and there were fears that he couldn't get it to click because of what happened at Stoke in the past, the way he plays and you know the, the fact that could he, make, could he evolve this team? And that, this, was, this was what everyone said. Oh, he won't be able to do it. And unfortunately, it's coming true. I've forgotten what your original question was. Sorry, <laughs> what was it? No, but you know, is he replaceable? Is oh, is he replaceable? Right, so who, that's the question, isn't it? And I think that's the question that the board and everyone at the club is thinking, you know, Let's let's not beat him on the bush. The results are sackable. Mm-hmm. He, he he he. You would not argue with a sacking mm-hmm. based on the results or the performances because they have been dreadful as well. But you can you can only sack a manager, in my opinion, if you can back it up with someone to bring in, and that's that's the issue because you need somebody who is not only capable of not only experienced in the Premier League, so mm-hmm. capable and capable of. Um, Getting them out of a relegation battle because that's what they could be in mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. after the next two games, but also somebody who does play a bit more attractive than Pulis, uh, and then when and who is available, mm-hmm. and then when you look at that, you know the list is 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 quite short. I mean, you look at play people like Walter Mazzari, maybe Ronald Koeman, mm-hmm. potentially mm-hmm. Craig Shakespeare mm-hmm. is available. Mm-hmm. You know what? These are the people that you've got to look at. Um, are they better than? Are they better options than Pulis? Mm-hmm. Turtle come to you. I mean, I mean, he said a few names there. I'll add a few more. And Alan Pardew is uh, people who are available. Um, Carlo Ancelotti, Roberto Mancini, Chris Coleman. I know he signed a new deal. Uh, are these the type of players that you think would, would help? Um, would help West Brom? Are these the type of players you'd want at the club if he did? If, if they did go. Uh, for me, I, for me, the, the West Brom, we've been run very strictly as a business for a long time now. It's got a structure in place. It's got uh, a board and a chairman that I believe want to keep it on a sound structure. Uh, last week, I was talking uh, and saying 
I don't believe Pulis is going to go before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I believe he will pull some results out around the Christmas New Year period with the games that we've got that will sort of keep him ticking over through the January transfer window. So I don't see that he's leaving. The people that you're talking about for managers, Pardew, yes, had, has always had good spells at Newcastle and at Palace, but ultimately has fallen uh, foul after a year or two years. I mean, if Pulis has got a shelf life, Pardew has got a shorter shelf life for me. He is He just goes into clubs and it's all very hunky-dory straight away and then things fall away really quickly. I, 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 I personally would not like to see that, but... I don't see it with Koeman either. I see the guy had a good spell at Southampton, of course. He had uh, you know, a good uh, set of youth players that were coming through as well, I think, which helped him at his squad. But I don't think he proved anything at Everton. In fact, he was already looking over his shoulder at possible jobs at Barcelona and places like this. That, uh, you know, So I, I don't see that as a viable but thing. Do you, do you not think that Koeman, he did it at Southampton, which is a similar size club with a similar sort of ambitions as Albion, do you not think that... I don't think he fit. It, it could fit if he was really signed up for it. You saw with Everton that he he almost was looking with one eye at, at, at other jobs he even when he signed the contract. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but he's been he's been you know he's now taken a you know a hit in the Ghoulies for want of a better word, and he mm-hmm. might he needs to rebuild his reputation. But is he is he aiming? No disrespect to West Brom, but would he have a club with a bit of a higher status? Would he want to go to West Brom? I think so. They're an established Premier League club. I don't see why they why he wouldn't personally. Mm-hmm. I mean. For for me, out of all the names that have been thrown out there, he is he is the best. He is the most likely to f- mo- the best fit mm. because of what he's done at Southampton. I know he failed at Everton, but he you know he he's he's scored in that sort of Ajax Barcelona way, and and at least the ball could turn around and say, look, you wanted a, a a manager who played attractive football. Here you go. Nice to some nice for someone to be a little bit nice to the media as well, Matt. Maybe someone who's going to be a little bit more approachable. Uh, well, based on what the Liverpool Echo said about Kuma, I don't. I don't <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, seems... I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure he would be. But nice because he's abrasive and he does rub people up the wrong way, especially in press conferences. And um, you know, there's plenty of times where he stands up, he never sits down, and he walks off before you know, with people got plenty of questions when he walks off. You Who's know, this Pulis? Podium Pulis. Yeah, yeah. You, it's nice from from a reporter's point of view to deal with someone who's a little bit more affable. I, I, I would say Pulis is affable to the press. I, I, I think he he just likes. He's just a bit of a Duracell bunny in the fact that he likes to get in and get out. Mm. Um, but he's not as bad as some managers. You know, he does. He does. Uh, you know, he does, has had some famously short press conferences where he's just eager to get out of there. But, <laughs> like, like literally a minute or two. Yeah, but you know, that it's, it, I, in my opinion, that in that situation, it's up to it's up to the, the press. You know, it's up to the journalist to, to stop him, and, and that's what I always endeavour to do. You know, mm. try try and get him to stop. Fair fair dues, Wilson, by the way, because I mean, he, there's, there's been three or four times when he literally is walking out the door. Uh, Tony, Tony, one more thing, and he's he waving, waving yeah. hands. He doesn't. Simply. Okay, so he doesn't do you know the forty minute long diatribes that you know the, your thinkers and your philosophers like Guardiola like to. Do but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he's 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 awful really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's probably not as bad as uh, you know that 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 Portuguese chap down, down, down the road. That guy down the road. I see quite a Twitter banter yesterday with all the Baggies fans saying hashtag Pulis out and all the uh, Wolves fans saying hashtag Pulis in. What's your opinion? I mean, you obviously get to speak to him uh, every week. What? What? Does, does he seem to be taking on what the fans are sort of saying to him? Is there? Is there? I think more... that I think that's the issue. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big issue. That it's the it's the stubbornness and that he doesn't he doesn't care that what the fans think. Um, 
more to the point because he's been there and done it all before and he's got 25 years of, of experience in the job and he trusts himself and that's probably what makes him a good manager mm -hmm. and that he has this you know, you know, self-belief and conviction in, in, in his methods but um, the problem is is that I think he believes it's a results-based industry which mm -hmm. it is by the way mm -hmm. um, but then he doesn't really uh, allude to the fact that some of the supporters actually want him to evolve his, his style as well um, that being said, you know, I hate to, um, I hate to, I hate to say it, but you know, a lot of the fans were seeing his praises last season when he was getting the results. With you know, um, so it is, it is a results-based industry. But yeah, he, I think he could be a bit more. Um, he could, he could, he could be a bit more pleasing to the fans in, in some ways. Uh, I, but I think he's, you know, he's been around the block, and I think he's probably sick of. A quarter of a century of, of being pigeonholed as, as as you know rightly or wrongly mm -hmm. as as one particular as one particular manager by by a series of fans and Stoke fans what what are they saying at the moment are they the Stoke fans seem to be saying this is all very similar mm. all very familiar to what he was saying when you know towards the end of his Stoke career so yeah it does it it does seem to be following. Uh, uh, that pattern is the writing on the wall we shall see sooner rather than later potentially now we have got some comments and we have got plenty so we won't be able to get to everybody today but we've definitely got a fair few guys so jump in and Joe Freeman says is it fair to say Rondon isn't good enough given the system he's forced to play in um, Turt's goal uh, for me I think he was uh, a good player who uh, played well upon his own he was certainly strong enough and able to bring players into the uh, into the uh, into the style of play that we were doing at that time, but I, he hasn't done it for me for for since the back end of last season, and I, I don't know. For me, I, I think it is time to let him go if he could find an able replacement. Is he good enough? Not for me. Really, I, I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's got the finishing ability to be a Premier League striker. Um, I'd like to see him tried up front with another with another striker more often because I think that's that's when he looks at his best. But uh, but no. Mike Campbell, um, do you think Pulis has lost the players? No, I don't think he's lost them, but I do think there are plenty of senior heads in that dressing room, probably um, very um, disillusioned and very angry. You know, you look at the likes of Chris Brunt, James Morrison, who wasn't playing regularly when he was fit, um, you know, Matt Phillips, Nasser Chadley dying to get on the pitch James McLean who's already voiced his frustrations this season about not, not playing um, I, I don't think he's lost the group because I, I think they are still they are still playing whether for him or whether for professional pride I don't think it's completely gone because they're not ignoring his um, his methods you know and, and his instructions they're still doing what he's telling them to do, to do. so I don't think he's lost them but, they're, they're, but I, I mean on a run like this, mm. you'd be surprised if there weren't grumblings. Very much so. Um, Andy, good one. This from from Carl Gatt. Um, and we were going to talk about this later on, but he's, he's, he's obviously mentioned it here. How involved is the new owner? Will it be him or the chairman who makes the decision on Pulis? Someone needs to make a statement. I think ultimately um, Williams will be able to have a, a very strong voice. He's an experienced football man who, who knows... Um, about the situation, and but I think it will be lie that we'll have the final say on this. But 
I, from a fan's point of view, feel he's a little bit distant. You know, he's not been seen up there. Correct me if I'm wrong. For uh, for a good few games now, and um, uh, potentially, yeah, it should be lie that makes the final say. But if he's not involved day to day, then um, you know he's going to need to take some counsel from uh, some senior heads. It's Williams who um, at the moment holds the power, but he can be overridden by Lai. If Lai calls up from China and says, you know get him gone, then uh, he'll, have, he'll, yeah. he'll have to, because he's his boss. WBA Rainbow Stand at the Rainbow Stand. Oh, loving that, loving that. Um, in what other job can you make the same mistake over and over again, underperforming for a lengthy time, yet not to be pulled in and handed a P45? Same could be said at the Express and Star, actually. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yes, so gents, anyone? Um, I, I think Matt's made a good point. Uh, obviously, playing the same sort of uh, system... Um, has sort of got a lot of fans sort of back up a little bit, and uh, I, I think that it has been a problem. I, you know, I wish that there was a little bit more bend in terms of the way that we that the that West Brom were playing. You know, it hasn't. It seemed very uh, very rigid in uh, in the way that he's thought about it going uh, on the last few weeks. I'd agree. I think mm-hmm. you know, as as I wrote in um, my analysis piece for the Monday paper um, after the game, you know. Fans would have a lot more sympathy with Pulis if he'd exhausted all his options. He hasn't done that. I think Phillips and uh, for me, Brunt should be on the pitch. I, I just think he offers experience and, and possession, mm-hmm. um, calmness in possession, and a great delivery. And I, I, I think Phillips and Brunt should be tried more. And yeah, as that as as that bloke says, you know, three, um, or sorry, or, or three defensive midfielders. Mm-hmm. Game after game after game away from home is it doesn't it, it why is he doing it? <laughs> uh, Ash, Ash Turner, a couple more before we uh, before we move on. Um, Ash Turner says that again. That says thoughts on Pulis' comments regarding lack of quality in the final third. This isn't the last time or the first time he said that. Um, Phillips Brunt, he says, uh, where is Oliver Burke? Well, Oliver Burke is fit and available, and he was at the uh, ground. He was at he was at the John Smith Stadium, um, and he just wasn't picked in the squad. Now that's fine if that's Tony's decision. Because he is young, he is raw. He probably needs a few weeks on the training pitch to get up to speed and get get into it. But the the issue is is that in the press conference the day before, he said, "I want Burke in my team. He's mm. in my starting eleven." As is Morrison. How are you saying? And that? these players, these players, they become so much better when they're on the when they're injured or when they're not available. Mm. And Pulis uses them as an excuse. That's a very good point. And I I you know it 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 beggars belief because. Burke was available, mm. so why was he not in the squad? If worried, he's in your starting eleven, put him in. Are you worried that this could be? Obviously, they came from different places and, and different reputations, but an even more expensive Callum McManaman, where we never even really see him, and then he's off. It could be, yeah. Is um, he still at the club, by the way, Callum McManaman? No, he left in the oh, he summer. Did. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's always there. But you know, I'm worried that this could be going down the similar road as what what we saw with him. It could be, although I think Burke's got a five-year contract, so he he might outlast Pulis. (laughs) 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 Very good. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Thank you very much for the comments this week. Excellent news. Right. Now, I asked Matt about this, and and Turtz, please, I want you to to give your opinion as well. But we're talking about team, we're talking about formations and, and, and playing three in midfield. So... Big game coming up. Obviously, there's a there's international week now, so he's got plenty of time to think about this. But Chelsea at home, huge game at the Hawthorns. What team would you go with? What what would you change? I would uh, Chelsea at home. Okay, so do you stick with the five three two formation, and then 
because it's worked well in the past. It worked well against Manchester City, and you know Chelsea play three four three. I think they're still playing that anyway. I would probably. Or do you just think well, no, it's not worked? So it's time to uh, to change it up completely. Um, if he plays the same formation against Chelsea and they get beat two nil and they're not in the game, goodness me! If he's playing five three two, if if I was to play five three two, I would not play those three midfielders. I would play two holders and Chadley in number ten mm-hmm. behind Robson, behind Rodriguez um, and Rondon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I would do it. Yeah. With, so you've got then you've got three attackers mm-hmm. rather than just one or mm-hmm. two, um, and Gibbs and Neil. Um, if you want five defenders to, to you know to to nullify Chelsea, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you know against City, you you, you could do, you can prove that that could work. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as for a sort of uh, a holding formation for just against a normal team or against a, a team that you play, uh, you know from the bottom thirteen, I'd like to see more of a. Four one four one, you know, with one as you, as we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. one holding midfielder, mm-hmm. two attacking central midfielders, mm-hmm. maybe Brunt and Chadley in there with Phillips and McLean on the wings, yeah, or even you know four four two. Turks, would you would you what would be your optimal lineup? I think it'd be a massive sea change if he suddenly dropped a lot of defensive midfielders. <laughs> I think um, for me, he probably will be st- sticking with sort of five at the backs, with so-called mm-hmm. wing backs, uh, with Neon and Gibbs, uh, Liverpool wing backs. Uh, wing backs. Uh, Liverpool would probably be the guy that would go for me at the minute. Just you know, I, I don't doubt that he has got the ability, but for me, just isn't showing it at the minute. So maybe yeah. just take him out a little bit and just try and fresh things up a little bit. So mm-hmm. play Barry and, uh, and Krakowiak in the middle and then interchange, uh, either having ho- hopefully Brunt maybe as a central uh, player, mm-hmm. just being behind Rodriguez with, with McLean and Phillips wide. I think you've got to, for me, I, I can't understand why Phillips isn't in there. You know, I, whether there's stuff going on behind the scenes, who knows. But for me, he, you know, he, he was playing well uh, for large portions of last season and he should be in. Excellent news, right? Thank you, gents. Well, fingers crossed that they have a different formation or some, at least some different personnel anyway against Chelsea and there's a bit of a better result. Right, it's quiz time. We're going back to the quiz now. Let's have a look. Who's going first? Uh, let's start with Matt Wilson first. Matt Wilson, so after Turks is pointing uh, vigorously in his direction. Anyone so, who heard my performance last week, definitely. Okay, so so Matt Wilson, um, so you're gonna have, you can get three wrong. So you've got three guesses, okay? And then if you if you've got any left over after that, then it's then it's game over, and then we'll see what the the forfeit is. So so highest transfer fees ever received for West Brom. Uh, let's go. Okay, I I've only got three names written down. What was it? Okay. Top six. Top six. Yeah. Oh, uh, Berahino. Berahino, number one, fifteen million pounds, which is looking like an excellent deal. Yes. Has he sc- scored yet? I don't think he has. <laughs> I don't think he has either. And he's Mr. Penn. Yeah. Has he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fletcher, scored. Fletcher scored. Fletcher yeah. scored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James Chester. James Chester, highest transfer he received is not there. What? Oh no! One second. Yes, it is there. Is there? Is there? My my bad. My bad. It's there. It's there. <laughs> what? Where go is on, it? Go on. Yeah. What number is it? Number two. Well, thank you. Sorry. Uh, Curtis Davis. Yes. Number three. And now this is where I'm struggling. Mm. Um, so how, can I can I get a clue how much they went for? Yes. Ooh. You can. I'll give you that. Um, seven million. Seven million. Mm. We sold a player. Six for million, million. And five point three million. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so three, three for you. 
Seven million. Seven mil. How do we sell for seven, seven million? Seven million pounds, Matthew. Oh, that's going to be something really obvious. That's seven mil. Seven bags of sand. <laughs> seven smackers. Seven big ones. I'm trying to buy you some time here. If you don't know, then you don't know. Oh, I feel like the 5.3 rings about mm, as well. This mm. is awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is awful. Should I tell you, just missed out. Are they you know, you're a bit more time. Yeah, go on. Just missed out Lee Hughes, five million pounds to Coventry. But we're going back away, aren't we? That was what I was going to go. That's what I was for. So one was 2014 and two were 2007. A day apart in 2007. 2007? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you mean supporting Albion for? Oh, it's only a nipper. No, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Uh, go on, go after Russia. Uh, uh, I can't. Uh, You're gonna have to give give away on all these three. I'm gonna have to give. Uh, uh, 2014. When was that? That's three years ago, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a position. Go no, on. no, 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 no. Give me enough now. Come on. No, no, I can't. Okay, so you're missing out on those three. So three wrong for you, Matt. Can you think of any returns on this one? Just on this one. I can't. I've been furiously scribbling away okay. there. Uh, no, uh, my my Lee Hughes. Yeah, Lee Hughes is gonna be my five point three, but obviously not. No, no. I'll tell you what they are. In fifth fifth place. Um, so sixth place, Jason Kumas, oh. 5.3 to Wigan. Oh, of course. Blimey. Diamante Kamara. Oh, blimey. To Six. Fulham, 6 million. And you should have got this one, Shane Long to oh, Hull got City, yeah, 7 million pounds. So that's three. So we'll see what that, what that leads to, uh, uh, Matt. I don't know if you listen to the, the Wolves podcast lately, but um, people who have listened to both should know. Uh, who's, right. listen, who's listened to right. both? Hey, there's people who, who support West Midlands football. You never know. Oh. So, okay, Turks, top six. Highest transfer fees paid? Um, Chadley. Chadley, number one, 13 million big ones. Rondon. Rondon, number two, 12 million to Zenit. Livermore. Livermore is there. Number five, 10 million, Hull City. Three to find. Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans is not there. Not there. Not on on the list. Uh Uh-oh. This is where I start to triple Uh off. Um, Burke. Burke is there. Yes, yes. Oliver Burke. So how many is it? One more. Two more. Two more. Oh. You should get them. Um, yeah. This was a lot easier than mine. Sessignon. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Turks hasn't got a good record, has he? <laughs> no. Oh, just missed out, Sessignon. Just oh, missed joking. out, yeah. Just missed out, 6.6, yeah. Sorry, mate. Seventh. You've got two more guesses. Um... Two more guesses. I can, I can give you a bit of things. I'll give you the fee. Who have I said? Who have I said? Rondon, Chadley. Burke. Yeah. Livermore. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got two to get. I think I know them both. 12 million and 10 million are the two are the fees. Oh. Oh, blimey. Uh, 12 and 10. Unless this information is wrong, maybe. I mean, no, probably. Be. No, it's my, it's my awful knowledge. One um, was 20... Oh, I want to tell you the date. I gave him the date then. Yeah, oh. go on. Tell him the date. The dates were... Tw- oh, the year was 2017... And 2014. Oh, most, oh yeah, I've got The oh, most yeah, recent one's going to... I've got it. But oh. you're winning. What makes you feel better is that you've won already because he, he got three wrong and you've only got two. Yeah, you so, can give so up so now. You can Martin. relax. I'm going to give up. Okay, because that's as good as the absolute gets. Matt. Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah. A day. Yes, correct. Rodriguez and Brian Oh, a day. day. How could I forget? So, three wrong for Mr. Wilson. Because he was quite forgettable. Two <laughs> wrong for Mr. Turton. Now, what do we get? What do we have in the mystical bag? Nathan Judah, what's he brought with him? What's he oh. brought? <laughs> it's a game called yeah. Bean Aye. Boozle. Bean Boozle. So basically, do you remember Jelly Belly, Jelly Beans, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, the Jelly Bellies have brought out a different flavours of, of, of Jelly Babies now, Jelly Beans. 
So you've got to take two. They look exactly the same. Okay. Right. But, but but they could be one flavour or the other. You know, they're exactly the same. So you've got this little spinner. Right. Okay. So you're going to spin this, and then I'm going to give you a jelly baby, or you can choose a jelly bean. Right. And it's going to have one of two flavours. So hopefully you get the good one. There's one good flavour and one terrible flavour. Oh. I'll right. give you an example. There's like the peach one. It's peach or vomit. Ugh. Lime Ugh. or lawn clippings, tutti frutti or stinky socks, those kind of things. So right. spin the wheel, you've got three spins. Okay. Let's have a look, and we're into the. That looks like the peach to me. So, so try a peachy one here. So you've got the peach is peach or vomit. Which one is this? <laughs> one? Yeah, well, th th those ones, those, those peachy ones. These ones. Yeah, anyone? Peach or vomit? Okay. Okay, he's, he's, he's tasting those. Is it peach or is it vomit? What's he got? Oh, that, that has some He's yeah, vomit! Yeah, He's got yeah, vomit! Yeah. Excellent news! Hooray! <laughs> so nice! <laughs> That's disgusting. Ted, Ted, spin the wheel! Here Nobody go. knows. Where's it, where it going to go? Oh, I think I've gone... What's that? Lime? Oh, green. Is it green with... Green. Oh, no, no, no. It's got some specks on it there, yeah? Yeah. Okay, juicy pear or Ooh. bogeys. Wow, what juicy a Juicy pear or bogeys. One with the specks on them. So this one? Well, whichever one you want to pick. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Is that so. the one with some specs on there? Can uh, I get, get it in your yeah, mouth? Yeah, I'm just going yeah. in my mouth. Okay, it's, going, go. it's, going in your mouth. it's going in his mouth, ladies and gentlemen. It's going in his mouth. Juicy pear or bogey? Doesn't seem too too happy. Mm. Oh, it's bogey. Oh, he's bogey, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not taste like bogey's. Does it taste like so, so even though he won, why did he do it? Because he got two wrong. He got two wrong. Oh. So you got three wrong. So you get, you get three spins. He gets two spins. Oh, great. Okay. 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 Here so we the, go. Next one. Next right, one. This, uh, oh, it's the, it's the lime green. So the lime green one. So this is lime or lawn clipping. So it's the brighter lime. This one. Oh, the brighter. No, that's the bogey's one. It's the bright, the, the, the luminous green one. This one. Yep. Good luck. Lime or lawn clippings. Lime or lawn clippings. That's lime. Lime, okay, he's done well, he's done well, he's got lime, he's got lime. Good comeback. Mm, Here lovely. we go, go on, Tertz. Mm. I like the fact I've won the quiz and still do it. Yeah, this. exactly. Right. Ooh, big spin. Oh, uh, here we go, here we go. So it's the yellow. So the yellow mm. is either buttered popcorn or rotten egg. Wow. Buttered popcorn or rotten egg. Let's get the protein. Yeah. Buttered popcorn or rotten egg. He's tasting, ladies and gentlemen. Is it? Is it? Is it butter kissed? Is it butter kissed? <laughs> oh God! It's the egg. He's <laughs> got the egg. He's got the egg. Absolutely genius. He's done for two. One, one more. There. Last one. Last one for you. Yeah. Taste mutton. Um, that one is. Yeah, that one. Okay, so we'll finish off with Matt Wilson. Stinky socks or tutti frutti. The pink one. Tink stinky socks or tutti frutti. Go for it. What is it, ladies and gentlemen? Is it stinky socks or is it tutti frutti? Has he escaped? Tutti Fruity. Tutti Fruity, oh, well, done, well done, well done, well done. So, moral victory for you on the quiz, but from a tasting victory, give it to, give it to Matt Wilson, of oh, course. Yeah. Um, right, gents, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. From both of, both of these two legends and myself, have a great one. Enjoy international break, and we will see you a week on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.